Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. And Guthrie is not wearing headphones and still nailed the cues for the intro. There is such a thing as muscle memory. Maybe there's (laughs) such a thing as ear memory. But whatever it is, I've got it for today. (laughs) We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, transit, adventures, and life hacks. And today, new club, who dis? Corbidae. All at once. (laughs) Really loud now. Is We're this like, Corbett IBC. Is this like your, your actual your actual like club call? Do you guys do that? It was like, kind of given to us, yes. That's awesome. <laughs> Somebody else started, uh, Maddie started uh, cacawing on our rides, and mm. it's, we've just adopted it into um, on the regular. It's pretty silly. I love it. So we have finally, I've been wanting to get you guys in for a while, and I, I apologize for my lack of uh, scheduling, but... Uh, Yes, finally we got Corviday Bike Club in the studio. You're going to need and, a bottle opener yeah, for that one. I, this is just spinning around here. I need a bottle <laughs> opener. Thank you. You're welcome. The, the fresh sound oh, of a... That was, that was a little disappointing. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> the partially <laughs> fresh sound. Um, well, while we're getting that bottle open, perhaps we can go around the room real quick and introduce ourselves. We've got five wonderful folks here in the studio today. Um, so, Leigh, do you want to start us off? And let's let's go around and let's say um, introductions, but then also one of your favorite rides that you've been on this year. All right. Uh, my name is Soleil. Um, I'm the only effic- uh, elected official. I manage the money of our bicycle club. Um, one of my favorite rides was probably the Winter Lights ride this year. Which happened just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, back in December, I just picked up uh, a new bicycle and got to race it around the track. It was pretty fun. All the lights, all the friends, did you random ha- happenings. Did you have a specific installation that was your favorite out of the whole sort of winter lights extravaganza for this year? Ooh, no, I, I didn't have a favorite. Probably the, well, maybe the big tree in the middle. That was really pretty. Okay, nice. <laughs> Hello, I'm Lex. And, um, my favorite ride this year, it wasn't a Corvidai ride. It was actually a Pedalpalooza ride put on by my friend Chloe. And it was a Turbo Kid ride based on oh, the yeah. movie Turbo Kid. And, it was a, and you guys a like projected ride. the film by bike, did you We not? did not, but oh, okay. we reenacted some scenes and played the soundtrack to it throughout the whole ride. It was great. Hi, I'm Chris, and uh, I'm a prospective member prospect yeah Yeah. we got to get into like what what goes in with membership here in a little bit (laughs) i'm gonna save that one though so chris is are you the first prospect or the second prospect because i know we have two prospects in the okay first prospect (laughs) tinker is first oh tink is first you're the second prospect okay so sorry hi also (laughs) (laughs) nice to meet you (laughs) so get right up in the mic and introduce yourself Hi, I'm Tink. I think my favorite ride um, this year was a Tuesday Night Adventure ride, also one of the most treacherous, the Nightmare After Christmas ride, oh, where it was yeah. iced up. So much fun. But not canceled, just iced. Yes. Nice. All eight of us ate shit. <laughs> <laughs> At the same place? Uh, different places. Okay. You know, spread, out, spread out the ice love. In North Portland. This guy was one of the last ones to, to eat it on our way home. 
after multiple adventures we sh- getting we, home. We should definitely cover um, shit eating ice tips um, <laughs> at some point in time because there's there's like total strategy involved in this. Do I, not I take still, sharp turns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't land on your head. Yeah. <laughs> and um, also in the studio. Yeah, uh, I'm Scotty, um, and my favorite ride this year has been probably the toy ride. That was like a, a blast. I got to meet a, a lot of people, so it was more of a social aspect mm-hmm. to it. And the toy ride was one that the Corvidae, 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 Corvidae. I've heard it both ways. Okay, so Corvidae. Either way. Okay. Um, But the toy ride, we basically got together and we met up at at, um, one of our local bars and donated a bunch of toys for for tots. And yeah, it was a a pretty big hit. Nice. And we'll get to chat a little bit more about the behind the scenes for that ride as we get into the show here. Um, but yes, welcome to the studio, everyone. Yeah. Thanks thank for having you. us. Glad yeah, thank you. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Please, like, pepper that in whenever you feel like doing that. We, I, I, I smell a ringtone. <laughs> or, uh, or uh, uh, we, we need to create a segment called Cacao, Cacao. Oh, yes. Or a Cacao to action. Oh, Ooh. 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 shit. All right, it's happening. <laughs> I'm going to so regret this. <laughs> That's a women's smart ride. <laughs> uh, um, but in the meantime, what have you been up to? Guthrie? What have I been up to? Uh, well, this week was a story almost of what I haven't been up to in, in the sense in of uh, oh, trying to get you out. You were supposed to go out last week. Well, we were trying to, and um, we'll get to it in a little bit in the show fortunately one of our listeners was able to make it out and brave the snow i unfortunately was not one of those um so yeah the the whole riding to the coast thing did not happen um because as many around the portland metro region know we got snow and i love snow um i don't know if i can bike 60 miles to the coast on it so um jane and i sort of pepped up and then pretty much just spent a day or two hanging around up in northeast um sort of enjoying it on foot so to speak okay yeah um other news yeah not not too much happening this week been uh, a little bit sick on friday saturday so spent most of those in bed and then i'm finally feeling back and at it for everyone's today. getting it i know i i won't say who i might have gotten it from <laughs> Has, hey there's not a whole lot of ventilation in the studio it's true it's, it's probably it's, probably like my fault by the way it. guys how's your immune system <laughs> great <Tip top. laughs> no 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 I, me- I merely postulate as to where this was acquired um as you slyly look at me over here i'll either, take it either, i'll take it hey, i was sick i caught it from someone else hell who, yeah you know that's how is, it works well i mean like uh, you know, between uh, everything I do, I'm sure I've, I've got plenty of vectors as well. So I kind of like we were talking about this a bit earlier. I'm not, I'm not can't remember if we were recording at the time, but basically the concept of like really taking ownership of your sick days uh, and like feeling bad about like not being able to do tasks around the home or such. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm definitely I go back and forth. But this this two days was definitely a like stay in bed sleep for 12 to 14 hours rest up kind of thing yep yep i took full advantage of the rest and it worked so that was good (laughs) all right (laughs) but yeah that was my week not going on a bike ride getting sick but coming back at it for week number something and episode 399 so are you gonna are you gonna head back out there we're hoping to. Okay. Yeah. Um, it We might do something a little bit different for this week, but I, I think by 
the end or middle part of next month for sure we will have made a, yeah. a couple of attempts at the coast again it's just you know you always have these spots you want to go out and reach um and that desire doesn't fade out so i am if not such, this week then next i'm such a fair weather like camper yeah if if it's like approaching 40 mm-hmm. and like <laughs> like getting a little bit lower than that, mm-hmm. no dice, no dice. Actually, fifty is probably like my low limit mm-hmm. right there. I just don't like to ride bikes under forty degrees. It's too <laughs> cold. Not Eight miles is a long ride to go to work at twenty-eight degrees in the morning. Yeah, makes sense. And it's a long sixteen to get back too. <laughs> <laughs> Fans, cold weather, warm weather, bikers in the crowd. Um, I think we we all ride bikes all year round. Mm. Honestly. I prefer a nice tepid ride. <laughs> <laughs> so Portland, right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely don't like riding in the rain, but I've gotten used to it. It's mm-hmm. one of those things you just sort of resigned to. Yeah, do. you just you, resigned to it. You don't necessarily feel good about it. it I just can't see. I have glasses right? and the sprinkles mm-hmm. and all the lights, and I just get all flustered. I could definitely see yeah. like the glasses factor being yeah. that make or break. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, I don't have to deal with that, but I know many people who cycle in glasses, and yeah, I could. That's like the one thing where it's like, if everything else is going yeah. fine, that whole being able to see thing is, yeah. comes in handy from time to time. Yeah, sometimes I don't see potholes. You know, they're scary. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah sure. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> I sense the story. Oh, yeah. Chris recently broke his saddle uh, hitting a pothole. Oh, oh, oh. In more ways than one. But the pothole was gigantic. It was like the size of Crater Lake. It was pretty bad. Dare we ask where, where people could go to... Um, to admire, to admire, <laughs> to to gander over said pothole. Oh gosh, uh, where were we? Um, it's, yeah, we were over on Delaware, um, close to Lombard. There's a little park um, with a cute little, I don't know, cylinder hill that we went up. And we got to stand on the top of the hill. Nice. And, but on the main road, there's the. But giant on the pole. yeah, yep. there's it. Mm-hmm. I have to ride by it every day. I was like. <laughs> That's and it. you broke That's your favorite saddles. I did break my favorite. I had oh, an old man. Brooks saddle from the 70s. Oh. No! Yeah. <laughs> Snapped yeah. almost in half. Really? Oh, so is the leather itself? The leather was just oh. bad, yeah. Okay. Oh. Yikes. It's sad, but I will Tell pers- me you're, you're like keeping it as like a, as like oh, a piece absolutely. for your wall. That's going on the mantle. Okay. Right on. <laughs> it's almost like you shouldn't want that pothole to be filled in because like 35 or 40 years from now when your next book, Brooks, is broken in, you can come back and break it on that same pole. Exactly. <laughs> it'll be it'll be a chain of life or something like that. Just make a circle. circle of life. Cir- circle yeah, of life. Circle yeah. Of life. <laughs> that sounds a lot more pleasant. <laughs> um, any other fans of cold weather biking in the crowd? I mean you- that ice ride, the what night, nightmare after Christmas ride. That was it. That was pretty great. It was I, silly. I fell three times, but awesome. uh by far, that was like the most fun ride. <laughs> like, it was in extreme fun. weather, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because like, thankfully we all had bikes to were able to deal with it. Except for Tink is a badass and it took out skinny tire bike. No, yes. yes. yeah. yeah. I see those. I can't believe it. Nuts. I was like, "What are you doing? You're amazing." <laughs> I see those occasionally when it when it's snowing, and I'm just like, "How are you even upright? How are you not just sliding all the time?" But you managed, Tink. I. I did. Well, you know, um, just taking it slow and laughing a lot like, (laughs) 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 so, you know, yeah, I was expecting to crash and I did once. 
as long as you're as long as you're prepped for it. Yeah, yeah. We got up, road yeah, road back. So yeah, it's fine. Oh goodness, I um I actually hit a pothole my first my first fall, and then later in the evening after we got back to my place, um, and we were we (laughs) (laughs) rode from. Um, gosh, where do we end? Lone Fir Cemetery. We rode back yeah. up to mm-hmm. Irving. I used to live over here. And I locked my bike and my keys in the house um, with all the lights on. None, none of my roommates were home. About so midnight. About midnight. Oh, yeah. Wow. So I had to go oh, no. climb in through the back back gate, grab my motorbike cane, skinny tire bike, and uh, ride back up to Kenton with these guys. And I totally took a turn on Williams and mm. just slipped right under... Oh. Oh, it was uh, definitely an adventure. <laughs> was, was <laughs> Not the, one I want to recreate, honestly. Was the ice ride sort of in the that category of ride that is like so bad that it's good? <laughs> yes. Like yes. If, it were, if, it were, if it were any easier, it would suck. You know, but it was bad enough. It was it was awesome. Um, we had eight people show up, and um, five were women. Nice. That yeah. badasses. That is awesome. Oh yeah. So like really like throwing the gauntlet down on the dudes there. Mm-hmm. You think you're so badass? Well, you weren't out there riding right. in the in the ice. Was that part of the Corvidai sort of uh, bi-monthly series? So that is actually Lex's offshoot ride, what he created back in um, May okay. of last summer, and we just wanted to do something a little like another ride during the um, during the week, mm-hmm. and decided to do every other Tuesday. And then later on in the summer, Scotty and Lex and I kind of decided that we wanted to create a bike club and do something a little different also this was before mm-hmm. like okay so let's so tuesday night let's go back up and corvidai are kind of two separate things okay. however we consider tuesday night a corvidai ride but it's kind of it's doesn't fall under the same category corvidai is safety and fun and um daytime and accessibility and tuesday night is a little more silly and raucous i'd say yeah yeah, I started the Tuesday night adventure, um, like she said, in May, and I just wanted to do more group riding during the week. Um, we met on the Thursday night ride, mm-hmm. and I had been doing that for about a year already, but I needed like another ride in a week, and no one else was really putting any on, so I decided I'd put one on. So uh, she was very smart and suggested doing it every other week, because otherwise uh, I've already found out it's been, I think... About like 40 weeks or something like that. Hmm. And uh, you can get burned out very quickly trying to come up with a new route uh, each oh, week. Yeah. So every other week is a good thing. But then um, after we started the bike club, we kind of incorporated the bike club and that ride together. And um, it's been one of our more popular rides. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. So like the, <clears throat> if I'm understanding right, the Tuesday night adventure, it's it's almost like kind of under the umbrella of Corvidé, but a separate entity altogether. Yeah, and that yeah. one I always lead. Um, and the Corvidai, we have a rotating leadership. Uh, one member will lead every month right for on. the ride. Ooh. And the more members you have, the easier it gets for everyone. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> L- looking at our two prospects here. <laughs> and uh, one of the things uh, for being a prospect is you have to lead two rides um, prior to us voting on you getting into right the on. club. So, yeah. Definitely makes it a little easier for us to uh, 
not have to plan so many rides. And you have to show up at all uh, public interviews and uh, and media appearances too. Yeah, yeah. all on air. <laughs> I guess that yeah. was our first first uh, group function right. <laughs> outside so of Le, the rides. So I had been meaning to tell you this is actually your interview, and <laughs> there, there's a door. There's another door. I, it's in the back of the trailer, but we'll, we'll just see which door we have to. No, just um, well, let's go into like what uh, what created what yeah um, how you guys came together and formed Corvidé. I think a lot has to do with um, having something different in the cycling community. I don't see a regular daytime ride, and I love riding during the day. Like sun's out, fun's out, you know. And um, we wanted to be more inclusive and. Not to say that others aren't, but I see holes in uh, marginalized communities, and I think that the with the creation of Corvidai, we can help new riders find easier greenway paths to travel through the city. Um, Lex and I have both been riding around Portland for a very long time, um, intimately through the streets, probably like for me at least seven years. Um, so I know a lot of safe pathways to take, and some rides I've experienced. They're not so safe or I can't trust my ride leader or if I have a flat and I'm going to get dropped. And oh, that's yeah. one thing that we kind of want to avoid. Um, and one thing that we do is stop for people who have mechanical issues and we we make everybody stop. And if you don't want to, then that's your own prerogative and we'll see <laughs> you, you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but sure. We want to protect everybody and mm. make sure everybody's safe. And so I think um, I think between all of us um, and Scotty is very willing to um, put in the effort to ensure that um, we have sweeps and that we have we we all have walkie-talkie uh, radio oh, for real? on our cell phones. Yeah, nice. so we can communicate. He's got a bump in speaker that um, if I speak through the walkie-talkie, everybody will hear it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a way to communicate with one another. And we're a family, so we decided to uh, Corvidai is the um, family of crows and ravens and magpies and rooks oh, and, okay. and blue jays and nutcrackers and all sorts of family or bird species under this family and birds flock together so we wanted to create something um in portland that we could represent such mm-hmm. and for the corvidae commitment to that goal you mentioned a toy ride that you did earlier this year um tell us a yeah. little bit about that uh that was scotty's idea um i believe yeah, uh, I, I thought of it be just because we, we had this central goal of like giving back to the community. And um, I think that one of the easiest things uh, when we, you know, first started was to do something like that because the Toys for Tots is pretty hot, you know, thing during a, a Christmas time and people would be into it. So it's like an easy way for us to like speak to the community and be like, hey, this is an important thing. Like, let's uh, get uh, a bunch of toys for kids and help them out, you know? Yeah, I thought it was really cool how we got to uh, coordinate with uh, the Kenton Station as well. And um, Yeah, bring uh, other local businesses in on it. That's our local pub. We live up there. You guys had another event at Kenton. Well, it wasn't necessarily a ride. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was uh, Alex wanted to 
enter in the chili contest. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we did. As Corb and I, we entered we in the chili. It. Yeah. We, we actually were the only team to place in People's Choice and in Judges, Judges. Award. And we oh, got nice. second place for People's Choice by one point, And uh, we got third place for Judges. Nice. Um, what was this again? This the was a chili contest, chili contest. Uh, from okay. Super Bowl Sunday. Gotcha. Uh, up at the Kent Station. What it's is a big it? thing. I guess they've been doing it for how long? Um, for years now. I oh, guess wow. uh, James, the owner, um, he started it um, when he used to manage his uh, family's bar. I'm not sure what bar that was, but it started at a different bar. And then when he mm-hmm. uh, moved into Kenton Station, he continued that. And yeah, it's a big hit every year. And there's people that have been doing it. He said since the late 90s, some of these teams have been oh, in nice. it. So the fact that we placed was very uh, surprising and mm-hmm. we were very thankful for it. And the the contest itself is it to eat the most? No, it's <laughs> not, uh, I'm just I'm just, well, I'm just like teasing it out here. Wonderful. <laughs> well, we did eat a lot of chili. You'd have to be like pretty hardy to stick it out for thirty <laughs> years at the chili contest. <laughs> not not that I'd turn down eating chilies as a contest. That'd be interesting. Not not so much eating a bunch of chili but just <laughs> just being at a chili contest heartburn for days yeah you're, like, oh, you're, you're talking about everybody's everybody's uh, uh entry right yeah i believe there's 13 or 14 different entries so uh so that's like, something like that. potentially 13 bowls of chili consumed per person yeah i mean they had the little, oh, cups, little cups but okay. I, I had a few cups of some of them mm-hmm. and there was such a a wide variety of chilies and that was it was really interesting but um Sometimes it's a little tough because uh, I'd go like three in a row, like these three, and then try those and come back a couple minutes later. And some of them didn't mesh as well. You're like, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't have gone like 11, 12, 13. Maybe oh. I should have like 11, like 14 and 15 or something. Mm. There's one that had chocolate in it, which was actually kind of it was. Oh. I'd never had a chili. I did with not chocolate. like that one. I did not but, like that um, one at all. I, I didn't mind it, but that that uh, right after the chili verde was a little much. Uh, I was yeah. like, all right. Chocolate in all capacities <laughs> is a wonderful dessert. There are like you can get like chocolate bars with like hot peppers in them. Yes, mm-hmm. you can. And oh, yeah. you I know, do they're, like they're those all right. Yeah, yeah, they're all right. I can only have them in like in like small doses. I couldn't like do that on a regular. But anyways, yeah. what was your guys's entry? This is totally off the subject of, <laughs> Absolutely. of Corvidae, but I'm I'm really intrigued about. Chili contest. Oh, uh, we did an anti-vegan chili just as a warning to vegans <laughs> to not eat it <laughs> because we had like what, like a beef steak and and beef in there. Yeah, we um, had like a three and a half pound beef roast and then uh, two pounds of uh, really good bacon from the green. Oh zebra. yeah, bacon too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was delicious. And the thirteen bean soup mix. Yep, we use the um, that Red's Mill. Bob's Don't give them Bob's all the real? secrets, guys. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm not telling them about the spices. <laughs> yeah. We have our secret person. sauce, but yeah, yeah. it was um, it was delicious, actually. I love to cook, so we simmered it for over a day. Yeah. Let it sit. I'm really hungry all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about anybody else. If you're Ooh, listening to this. I did make this... cornbread, too. Oh, that was so good. Oh. Well, you can't have one without the other. Right? Really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just imagining like Sprocket listeners out on a bike tour somewhere in like parts of the world being like, damn you for talking about right. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> cool. What uh what rides do you have coming up? So you do the 
bi-monthly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, our next one, the next Tuesday night is um, Tuesday the... Oh, my goodness. It's in like it's a week. It's not tomorrow. It's uh, in a week from tomorrow. It's a week from tomorrow. I don't know what day it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> it all runs oh, together. Oh, goodness. I told yeah. somebody it was the 28th today, so I'm I'm like two days ahead of everybody right, right. now. <laughs> oh, uh, that would be the Tuesday. So that's yeah, the yeah. Tuesday night adventure, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. at Irving Park uh, at the top of the hill by the bathrooms at 7 p.m. It's on the 6th. Mm-hmm. You meet at the same spot every day? Yeah, the same every spot. Every Tuesday? Yeah. Every other Tuesday. And it's on the uh, <laughs> shifttobikes.org calendar. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It can be found there. And then our next Corvidai is on March 11th. And, um, Do you have a theme for this one? Yes. Uh, March is Women's Month. And oh. uh, so How, I'm going to be totally leading the ride. <laughs> it's kind of, I, I think it's um, a newer thing. Um mm-hmm. In the in the grand scheme of society, um, women are kind of coming forth, especially with some of the new revolutions that are coming out. Um, but I want to we're going to be having a benefit for the Bradley Angle House, which is um, actually right by Peninsula Park where we meet. Um, and they are a house that um, helps uh, survivors of domestic abuse, the LBGTQ community, as well as um, African-American women um, who also struggle from um, domestic uh, abuse. Um, so that's a safe place. And I want to raise um, toiletry, uh, like a big, I don't know, lots of toiletries, guys, yeah, <laughs> yeah. especially for um, women of color and different kinds of hair care products. Um, anything that you could think that a woman might need. Um, we're trying to raise um, this awareness that, um, there's a lot of people who are struggling out there and uh, they may not have all the amenities that we are so privileged to have. Hmm. So um, we even just help pointing to the awareness that this place exists, I think is, is already a step in, you know, a pretty big step. I was not aware that such a place existed in that particular area, mm-hmm. you know, right there at Peninsula Park. I wasn't aware yeah. either. Um yeah. I have been seeking out an organization to donate to, and someone I met last week at an event um, mentioned this house, and I looked into it, and I was like, that's exactly what I want to support. Right on. Um, So I contacted them to see if it was okay and how we could coordinate with them, and they're excited. So I'm really excited to help out and bring awareness, and it's going to be fun. We're going to do um, some mural like a mural ride essentially mm. after we drop off donations nice and there's this amazing women's mural down a uh, women's history mural down on uh, interstate um and albina that i'm going to take everybody to go see and was probably. that one up just recently like i'm not sure the... it's been there for oh, a while okay. yeah ever since i've been living up north and even okay. prior to it's been there so i don't think very many people have seen it because it's right on the like near the warehouse and it's kind of right by widmer beer Okay. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Down down in the exchange. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's probably going to be a midway midway stop, and then we'll go off and do other fun things. You'd mentioned a bit earlier about how your experience riding the greenways sort of shaped your concept and also, like, comfortabilities with riding certain places in town. How, or, or like, what is your process? So for this ride, for example, what, what are sort of the steps that you go through in looking towards planning that, and what sort of considerations do you have in mind? Uh, I definitely look to Strava um, as an open map um, because I like to track my rides or mostly just distance and how fast I'm going. 
Um, but it has all these different pathways that you can coordinate, but also just my own instincts through the rides. But I'm going to like kind of research some different murals in town and kind of base it off of that too. And um, there's just want to avoid major roadways where mm-hmm. there's all sorts of cars, unless there's a really nice bike path that we can ride on. Mm-hmm. Try and do residential streets mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, and doing a pre-ride, um, yeah, pre-ride, most of our rides will go out there. Unless it's something, sometimes you can kind of cheat. You know, you're like, oh, I know this part. I'm going to add mm-hmm. this little section to that section and make a new ride. I've been there. Yeah. But sometimes we wing it. Yep, but yep. but for, the, for the most part, <laughs> we're going. <laughs> we'll go out and pre-ride and make sure oh. that uh, what we think is going to work actually does work. You go out there mm-hmm. and see. It, sometimes the the maps will say it's a good uh, bike path, and you get there, and you're like, "This is not something I want to bring thirty people right. on." Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we adjust um, when that happens. Mm-hmm. This brings Definitely. me to my favorite uh, kind of thing to harp on: How much do each of you guys trust Google Maps bike directions? Ooh. Ooh, uh, <laughs> Ooh. You have to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, it, it brought you on the thirty bypass. It night. did. It brought me on 30 bypass. I couldn't believe that. And Wait, Lombard? Um, Killingsworth oh, like in the 82nd uh, oh, area. Yeah, yeah. So I was riding to this house out in Northeast for a women's event. And um, I'm riding and it takes me on the fucking highway. And all of a sudden, I'm like, there's, put a, it bluntly. there's like a bike lane, but there's not. And uh, there's all these cars. Thankfully, um, it was fairly chill and I didn't die. Um, but it was definitely sketchy. And I'm not going to I'm going to definitely reroute next time I try to go up there. I know. I know that area. There is a bike lane there. I, <laughs> I you know, I drive school bus for a living and um, the bus yards up around that area. And every time I go up there, I'm like, why do they have <laughs> a bike And, you know, kind of sad, but there there have been people biking and have been killed and hit by cars uh, yeah. because and, and they're just in the bike lane. You yeah. Know? Well, I don't understand why there's a bike lane on Greeley. That, mm. that is scary. Oh, yeah. It's Especially, fast, but it's harrowing. direct but harrowing for people who uh, are listening outside of the portland area these are uh, pretty major automobile traffic roads Uh, Greeley is where um it's a it's a very common entrance onto um, i-5 the highway there and there's a Mm -hmm. there's a crossover where people get onto the i-5 entrance and you have to cross over the bike lane and the bike lane has has to cross over the I-5 entrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. I think, nope. I think uh, <laughs> yeah. also adding to that, not only is that the case, but you're having UPS, FedEx, pretty much all the major shipping stations within Portland. Portland Public Schools. Yep. All, all uh, happen to use that through. exact connection. So not, yes. not only um, is it that, but it can be a, a bit tenuous to, say the, to yeah. say the least. Yeah, especially at certain times a day. Uh, yeah. Certain times you'll have 50 UPS trucks come out in 10 minutes, you know. And there's this one uh, place where the the bike lane, you have to cross over their on-ramp. And they're all coming out of Swan Island quite quickly. Oh, right. Yes. And you have to look over your shoulder as you're going down a steep hill and kind of just go for it between (laughs) trucks sometimes. It can be harrowing for sure. For um, I really wonder sometimes uh, for people who are listening, we've got quite a, a number of listeners outside of Portland. Like, 
if they just go to Google Maps and like, where's Greeley Avenue? And like, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> oh man, look at that. That's terrible. And yeah. Swan Island, where was that? If, if oh. you, if you take your, um, I'm, I'll, I'll plug Google Maps. If you take your little orange person on Google Maps and just plop it down <laughs> right at the base of Greeley, uh, as it exits Swan Island, or there's like, uh, uh, Tilt Burgers closest to there, but yeah, if you if you drop the little person down and just look at Street View from that, uh, it's a pretty major pathway. So if you have uh, similar comparisons in other cities, it would be I would it would be nice to establish a um, system, yeah, yeah, some sort of baseline. I was like, well, we could compare it versus certain roads in New York, but then again, not all of us have ridden in New York either. Um, yeah, we'll we'll figure that one out one of these days. <laughs> Less to say, there's good roads to take and there's not so good roads to take, um, but all depending on comfort. Definitely. Did you sort of come to that desire? Because you had mentioned that you were feeling a, feeling a niche within that or, or sort of meeting a, a demand that you hadn't seen. Um, had, do you feel like you, if you hadn't created your own ride, would you have been less likely to get as into what you're doing now with the current options that are yeah, available? Absolutely. I definitely, um, I love, all the communities out there. Um, but my life has changed since I was introduced to the cycle scene here in Portland uh, a couple years ago. And I always rode by myself, um, which was fine. I commute by myself, which is fine. But then all of a sudden I run into these pedal palooza groups and all these folks out there. And um, there's regular rides that happen all the time. But I used to be able to hang out and have fun and not care about tomorrow. And now I work a nine to five, um, Monday through Friday. So I have to care about tomorrow and waking up (laughs) for the next day. Um, not being so inebriated and making sure that I get home on time. Mm. And, uh, I feel like there are other people (laughs) who have nine to fives and who have that responsibility (laughs) that they have to take into account. Um, but having like a daytime ride kind of, helps um fill that void Hmm. and especially on a weekend Mm -hmm. most oh i think a lot of people have sunday off and if they don't then that's that sucks sorry (laughs) that you have to work on a sunday if you ever have a a ride on a tuesday or a wednesday let me know i was gonna say there's there's some people who are dynamically employed and they're the ones who can hang out at the tuesday night it's true it is true we still cut tuesday night fairly i don't know we're pretty done by 10 or 11 yeah it's all good that's not too late no it's one thing one thing i really like about having the daytime ride is um people that otherwise maybe wouldn't be so willing to ride in a group. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel safer when it's daytime and they could see better, uh, especially if it's one of their first times riding in a group. It could be a little challenging um, having people to your sides and all around you. And it's a little easier to approach that during the day um, if you're not used yeah, to it. Yeah, absolutely. Which most of the it? other group rides are in the evening, especially this time of year. It's usually dark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely see a lot of nighttime rides they're pretty big too i get lost sometimes i'm like oh well see you guys later there's a lot of nighttime (laughs) rides in this season because the nighttime lasts like 18 plus hours (laughs) we get like we get like 10 hours of daylight here yeah and if the sky is like clear enough to really like take full advantage of that (laughs) as well sometimes daylight is in quotes yep yep (laughs) it's funny though like i'm thinking ketchikan alaska it's gets what 180 inches of rainfall a year and there's still tons of folks who bike up there i'm just like whenever because coming from that environment into portland at least from my experience was like oh 40 inches 
no problem. Like <laughs> that's that's fine. Um, but then like you spend five or six years here, and you're like, ah, oh, forty inches is also like can get you down at times. <laughs> so I guess you adjust your standards. Um, in terms of the rides that you do, do you have any mechanisms that you use sort of as a group to, you mentioned the radios. Do you have any other tips for rides that are growing or looking to attract riders to help sort of work towards that cohesiveness or, or keep people? Yeah, there's definitely like three positions in a ride that are pretty crucial. There's just a, there's a ride lead, there's a sweep. And I feel like someone in the, in the middle is pretty crucial too, just mm-hmm. so, so that they can see like everything that's going on and communicate with everyone. Mm-hmm. And also corkers are really great. Yeah. That's another mm-hmm. um, position in like a, a ride group that mm-hmm. you want just to block traffic that, or the aggressive driver, you know. Do you guys establish corkers like right at the bat or is it just whoever decides to volunteer at that? I mean, kind of kind of at the moment, the mid, whoever's a, not the sweep or the lead is a, the corker. But a lot of people that are on rides know what corking is and they see it as a really important thing because there are some really aggressive drivers out there. Yes. So, yeah, people will just step in and we totally appreciate that 100 percent because we can't all be at, you know, at the right place at the right time. We all got to take responsibility and act as a community. Yeah, I would imagine, especially like with your bigger ride, the uh, the toy drive, you know, there's only five of you here currently. Um trying to manage just with the five of you trying to manage that whole crowd would be difficult it is yeah. a little bit difficult but we have we have good friends in the biking community mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i yeah. yes. see a lot of the reg- more regular folks come out on our rides and they actually step up to the plate and do the same thing where they'll take initiative and cork for us uh, which is really nice and th- i think that happens on most portland rides um or at least folks who are used to group rides They'll just automatically step into that place if they feel um, that they're brave enough and that um, they can handle that responsibility. Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned that you stop for mechanicals or breakdowns there. Do you carry a kit or you just sort of are there to help out with what, what people happen to have on them? How does that work? We all have a kit. We all have a medikit um, and we all carry bike tools. Damn, medikit like a first aid? Yeah. yeah. For you, real. You are, you are prepared. Them. Just in case yeah. people yeah. get hurt. Yeah. And I've seen it. Like we had somebody crash on a ride recently and he really hurt his knee. And the fact that Scotty had band-aids and things to help him out was really rad. Mm-hmm. Must have been really drunk for that one. is is first responder a a requirement for joining the curva diet no not at all no it just really helps (laughs) yeah certainly so how many of you guys are actually like first aid certified trained taking first aid classes I was first right aid certified a I mean, long time ago. Yeah, I guess uh-huh. my certification doesn't matter yeah, anymore. Not currently. Yeah. Not currently, yeah. but I've taken classes for sure. As a tra- uh, preschool educator, I had to. Right. Mm. Um, yeah. In my previous life. Mm-hmm. You're EMT yeah. certified? Wait. Wait. Uh, take what? Take what you say? I was EMT certified about 20 years ago. For real? Wow. You were like, you worked as an EMT or just? Mm-hmm. Really? For about six months. Okay. Was, uh, just didn't, didn't want to hang. It, it was in California, so okay. a lot of shootings, a lot sure, of, yeah. Sure. That's pretty sure. scary. It is. It's something I kind of fantasized about for a while and still occasionally like, well, maybe I, sh- I should go ahead and try it sometime. Mm-hmm. Anyway. If if you're ever looking for an um, enjoyable way to connect with nature and get a cert, um, some of the, the funnest ways I've seen, or at least one uh, that I'd recommend is a wilderness uh, version of any of those because you can still get your EMT 
or your first responder. But if you take it as part of a woofer course, not yeah. only are you better prepared for bike packing and backpacking, uh, but you get to do the training out in the woods, oh, which nice. is like, I think the real benefit right. of getting it through That's that. Really neat. Yeah. It's good. There's a uh, quite a few certifying organizations in the U S but um, relatively affordable for what it is. Um, and a really, really good one to pick up. Very cool. So I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm, I want to talk to the prospects here for a second. What drew you to the Corvidae? What, uh, what made you decide to join? Well, how did you decide? Or like, yeah, how did you go about? These are my people right here. I live, this is my family. I live with these guys. So right <laughs> yeah, I felt like I was a shoe in. Plus I love riding bikes, so. As simple as that. It's as simple as that. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's easy. Come join. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> Tink, how did you get oh. attached to Corvidae? Well, I've known Soleil for a few years now, and I heard that she was in a bicycle club, and I wanted to join up. So I thought it'd be a lot of fun. I've been living the bike life the last few years. Um, yeah, I like it a lot. Did you get into the cycling scene here in Portland? Uh, yes, somewhat. Um, Tink let a ride a few years ago, actually. Um, uh, a dispensary ride during Palooza. This is pre-Corvida. This was like yes. two, yeah, this was like two years ago before I even met any of these people. Any of the y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, uh, we knew each other through the cannabis community and then we knew each other through bike community. Mm. And so we helped, like, it was his ra- her ride and then now just helped and it's kind of grown. We've been at all sorts of, like, grilled by bike. She has her own grilled by bike. Nice. <laughs> is, it, is it one of the, the swing bikes? Uh, no, it's actually a, a adult trike. Oh, cool. Wait, is it the one you, you were riding in? Uh-huh. So I walked by you earlier, and I was thinking, like, oh, I wonder if that person's with Corvidae. And I yes. was going to, like, say, just come in. But <laughs> I also am quite introverted and shy. Sometimes. <laughs> so, I, I saw a big gaggle of people in front of uh, open signal. I was like, "This must be our bike." <laughs> <laughs> glad we, glad we found it. <laughs> but so you mount a, a grill on on the trike then. on the back of it. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, nice. I I think I've seen that trike bike okay. around. I unless there's like two trike grill bikes in Portland. I mean, I Maybe suppose not. it's possible. It's certainly possible. Yeah. If there it... was a big cooler in the front, a blue and white cooler, and then an oil lantern mm. hanging off at the front, that was me. That's badass. <laughs> so you got a cooler for the, the beers and whatnot yeah. in the front, and then you got the fire in the back. Yep. This is, that is a pretty badass setup. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to switch gears now. You mentioned inclusiveness and wanting to be a more inclusive bike club. Uh, and we don't necessarily like have to like get too like nitty gritty on this, but was there, cause that was honestly what really drew me to you guys. And what I really like about you guys is you had a really like, uh, kind of like planting your, 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 uh, flag into the ground and saying like, here's who we are, like on your mission statement, like, here's who we are. And this is what we're about. And if you don't like it, that's fine. You don't have to be here. Um, yeah. Anyways, 
has there been like any issues in the past uh, in in some Corvette I rides where you're like, hey, look, man, this just isn't the group for you. You not on our go. rides, okay? Not yet. Mm-hmm. We have. I think maybe stating that. that up front probably. Yeah, helped. Sure. I think so. Yeah, I've seen a lot of really um, not so great things in our cycling community, and I've seen yeah. um, victims come out um, mm-hmm. with. Um, reports of assault from Mm -hmm. the people in our community and that just angers and terrifies me Mm -hmm. and i don't want that to happen to any of the the women on my ride or any of the marginalized communities on on our rides um it's not okay to harass people it's not okay to be um to give unwanted sexual advances it's not okay to rape people and i don't want any of that on our rides and i've seen it in our cycling community it breaks my heart so i'm I take a really strong stance and um, kind of I'm not aggressive about it, but I'm definitely assertive about my distaste for that. And so I don't tolerate any sure. of it. Sure. It is something that like being on many pedal palooza rides and midnight mystery rides and stuff like that. It is something that like concerns me and I I'm pretty naive when it comes to those things. I, I often just don't catch it until I hear about it later. Sometimes, same, same for us, you know, like I think all of us have experienced that kind of stuff, but never say anything about it. And and those rides are huge, you know, and I experienced something at the World Naked Bike Ride that was very inappropriate. And unfortunately, you know, everybody's naked, but there's certain boundaries that you just don't cross. And and it's just unbecoming. And we are smaller rides, so it's easier to catch that kind of stuff. And I think people respect that. Mm-hmm. we're um, advocating against it. Yeah, most definitely. And I think I, we say some, I say something before every ride. Oh, for real? <laughs> that Great. Be, you don't, yeah. We don't tolerate any bullshit. I think it's good, though, because in a sense, if and, and I think we can all agree that that is definitely something that's been in certain cases swept under the rug, you know, whether it's for a week or for five years, you know, these things so, come to light. Um, as we talked about, that you almost have to you, and like it's good to do so because at least at the end of the day you said something and yeah. you know it it just falls where it goes yeah yeah i just want to keep people safe and have fun you know i've seen a lot of people leave the cycling community because they didn't see their ride leader step up for them or mm-hmm. the person that they thought trusted step up for them and i just don't want that to happen sure. i want everybody to be able to ride their bike around town it's so amazing and mm-hmm. I, I feel so connected with this city with myself when i'm on my bicycle and i want other people to experience that and i don't i just want people to be safe mm-hmm. and this is something like we don't have to get into it uh if if you don't want to i i guess what i was wondering is do you or have you learned like ways to address that or if it if it does come up do you have any recommendations for ride leaders who might be listening or anybody for that matter who's like oh yeah no that's great because i've I, I seen think, that or like i, I think, think i've seen that and yeah and especially naivete on the on the part of ride leaders mm-hmm. um can be a great weapon for people who do perpetrate mm-hmm. you know bad behavior um dare i say assault um and things like that yeah or i guess any any anything you've learned over the course of doing the rides that you can see address it or or any tips for people looking to become more actively involved in in combating that um i would say as a ride leader you have accepted the responsibility of being such and you have to step up to the plate even if you don't want to but you have to be brave you have to not be able to um 
stand down to folks who are being intimidating. And it does take, does take some cojones um, sometimes. And unfortunately saying stuff that is uncomfortable and stuff that you won't, don't want to do. Sometimes you don't, you have, you have to look beyond your friendship and see a person for who they are or objectively, you know, well, this person did a bad thing. I have to, it has to be addressed. Like, mm-hmm. and it's even in part if, that we have. Even been. if it's your friend, you have yeah. to address it. And as a ride leader, you just accept that responsibility, even if you if you didn't think you were signing up for that. Sure. Um, so I just being compassionate and uh, listening to the people who are speaking is really important. And people who are voicing concerns, um, you can cry wolf, um, but if the the person that you're crying to doesn't hear it, then mm. then it goes, it falls on deaf ears and then nothing gets addressed. And that's a scary thing. You lose hope in, in people that you're supposed to trust. So I guess for other ride leaders and suggestions, um, if they're having struggles with that, um, with standing up to those who are being hurtful, I would suggest taking it into, into a higher hand. Um, and maybe seeking the support of more folks that you see in your community and asking for help from others and asking for a community rather than just standing alone because we can't, mm-hmm. we can't do it alone. Nobody no. can do anything alone. Power um, in numbers. Power in numbers. Exactly. I, I just caught my foot on the cord here. That's, <laughs> that's why I made that. Oh, noise. I see. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I thank you saying that because i think that it's something that is important and i think that a lot of the reason that we're seeing these things crop up is that we have missed opportunities to do so in the past um so and, and yeah. you mentioned like you know seeing you know you may have a friend you may you may be friends but like also taking seeing that person objectively i think sometimes we would rather sweep things under the rug in order to maintain this semblance of peace and the semblance of like togetherness and and I I mean, you know, it's kind of historical. It's how people work. We wanna like kind of just keep conflict at bay. Um but the unfortunate thing is if without conflict there's no growth. Right. And uh yeah, so I sometimes I it's good to to blow the lid off, you know, yeah. and sometimes it's mm-hmm. good to have this explosion because you'll mm-hmm. see the people who aren't who don't really want to be as involved and you know you end up shedding some some skin that you don't really need some baggage or some negative vibes that don't really serve you or the community or you know the cycling community is really sacred and I think that being in Portland and having the whole entire world kind of look at us in Portland as this cycle scene Hmm. like I think we need to act like it that's a that's a fair point you know, how many people have come to Portland specifically just for the cycle scene? Quite a you few. Know? We yeah. saw we met somebody from France a few years ago who um, was on the rides. He took a Nike bike out and he's on Pedal Palooza. Mm-hmm. He came out because of Pedal Palooza. Yeah. 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 That happens you, a lot. Yeah. I'm curious if, if maybe you ran into this individual, um, but the first Guthrie ride that I ever led, there was a gent from DC who flew all the way over <laughs> because he had wanted to do every world naked bike ride yes. in the world. That's amazing. Um, awesome. And, and he's. <laughs> he, He's found biking around DC. Um, I haven't seen him pop up too much lately, but I, think um, I met him though. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I think he's, he's, he runs a public figure. He's a gent named Kirby. Okay. Um, but yeah, super nice fellow. And yeah, just made like the pilgrimage to Portland for the bike experience. Um, and so I was kind of tickled that he chose to go on my ride, but I was also <laughs> awesome. glad that he stayed for the whole month to do all of Pedalpalooza. Pedalpalooza is amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thank, thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm very glad to, yeah, very glad to have your thoughts on it. My pleasure. As we, um, transition here, before we get to our other segments, is there anything anyone would like to chip in there, talk about, or otherwise discuss? What have we missed? Yeah. Um, what, we, what have we missed? We meet every second Sunday at two o'clock at Peninsula Park um, at the Rose Farm Fountain uh, for our Corvidai rides. And the next one is Women's Month. But mm-hmm. everybody is welcome. <laughs> Said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good to know that there are people out there in the world like yes. the folks in this room looking for inclusive rides that demarginalize persons instead of marginalize. So thank you for putting that together. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. We are going to do a couple of segments here. Do folks have some time to chill out in hey, the you studio? Wanna, you want to hang with us as we read our mail? <laughs> you're, you're also like, yeah, more, more than encouraged to chip in, share anecdotes. Or, or generally uh, take over the conversation if so desired. <laughs> uh, but before mail, before mail, we do have, and I'm going to have to readjust the volume once this plays. So it's about I'll mail. What do. about female? No. Oh, oh. before our <laughs> non-gender we can specific, have, we, can, uh, we can have ale. Readings. We'll just ale. have ale. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First, we have. I love, I love, I love, I love don't don't ever use that. No problem, Tim Mooney. Tim Mooney. On the second Thursday of every month, we have the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. And I don't have my show notes. On the second Friday of every month, <laughs> we have the Boston Bike Party. The second Friday of every month is also the Indianapolis Bike Party. Every second Sunday of every month. Would you guess it? The Corvidai Bike Club Ride. Oh, yeah. They meet at Peninsula Park at 2 p.m. <laughs> so, so, um, is this, could you say that this is our call to action? Yes. <laughs> it happened to be in the Portland area on the second Sunday of a month. You should find your way to Peninsula Park as at 2 part p.m. Of, as part of the dress up as a raven or a crow. Or, or or whatever or you'd just like. Come as you are. Really. Come as you are. Yeah, just that should be that are. should be. Thank you. We had a unicorn one time. That was great. Ooh, like yeah. it, was it for a theme at all? No, nope, just he, decided to. Nope, he just showed up as a unicorn. That's awesome. I like that. That's great. Yeah, it was wonderful. Wait, are you talking about Klaus? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought she was talking about Maddie. Oh, Maddie would well, dress Maddie's up as a, a unicorn gr- all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. true. That's Maddie's true. awesome. Uh, April eighth, pedal pursuit. April 14th, the Lads 500. Are you guys? Yes, we are. Yes. I was going to say, are you going to be at the Lads 500? Absolutely. We'll be be doing it as a club this year. Alex and I were a team last year, and Scotty and, uh, and, oh gosh, what did Scotty do? No, it was Klaus and... uh, Klaus, Cecilia, and Scotty? Cecilia. Okay. What was your team last year? Oh, we were Flower Buzz. He was wearing a flower petal hat. It was great. And I was a bumblebee. Nice. Oh, oh yeah! <laughs> I think there's a picture of the two of us kind of next to each other. 
probably. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm going to have to like search through my. That my was phone. great. I got a new bike that day or like day prior. The day prior. So Lats 500. What better way to break, break in, in NBD yep. than like the Lats 5. That's like the most appropriate break in I can right? think of almost. It was so much fun. <laughs> oh, I look forward to seeing you guys there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this Rocket Podcast will have a team there and we will be interviewing as you so wish. That's right. I won't be there, but Aaron will be shoving a microphone in faces that are willing. So will Brock. For your <laughs> so will Brock. I'm not doing this alone. <laughs> we'll just we'll just strap one to his helmet. Uh, April 29th. We have the Monster Cookie Metric Century that is hosted by the Salem Bike Club. Yep. Thank I you. I think so. Um, and on May 19th, we have the DC Bike Ride. June 23rd, Pedal. Pedal. Or for I'm the rest of us, like, Pedal Paddle. <laughs> I, well, I was over enunciating, <laughs> so we would know one meant the flower, the other meant oh. the means by which you move your bicycle <laughs> um this was put on by axiom events and if you register online and enter in coupon code sprocket 18 you will receive five dollars off your registration and that is similarly good for august 19th for the portland century september 2nd for the tour de lab also september 22nd is the Lowell Kinetic Sculpture Race, if you happen to be in Lowell, Massachusetts. You know what happened over the weekend, by the way? Tell me. You don't see them on the calendar anymore. Was It wasn't the Lowell Kinetic Sculpture. It was the uh, Menagerie in Motion oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in Gainesville, Florida, and also the not-so-loud ride in Daytona Beach. Mm-hmm. So um you gents and ladies who were on those rides and experiences those experiences, we would love to hear about those. Send us your photos. Share your stories. Also upcoming are a couple of quick film by bike tour dates. We have Our House Denmark, March 3rd, South by Southwest, March 9th through 12th, Copenhagen. Which, by the way, oh, yeah. 10 days left to back their fundraising efforts to go to South by Southwest, and we have a link to their Indiegogo site. Yeah, over halfway there. I'm looking really good. The Copenhagen showing is March 10th, and Albany, New York, July 22nd, Seattle, Washington, TBD, Vancouver, Washington, similar, Arcata, California, November of 2018, and Bendigo, Australia, October of 2018. I never, I neglected to, I should say, I neglected to put the Portland dates on there. But by the time you're listening to this, probably, (laughs) depending on how long it'll take me to edit, but probably by the time you're listening to this, online sales for the tickets for the Portland Film by Bike will be available. March 1st. Yes. And that... Are you guys familiar with Film by Bike at all? Uh, Yeah, a little bit. Um, We were part of Cranksgiving, and one Mm -hmm. of our team members... Oh, yeah. Ended up winning um, the film by bike thing, but he left it in the bathroom. So, no. it's still- oh, no. so ironically, though, I found it and I have it and oh, it's in my nice. house. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're really excited about watching the documentary. We just haven't found time to yet. Nice. <laughs> For I think I think you know what we've forgotten to do, Aaron? What's that? Well, we happen to be sipping some wonderful beverages. Oh, gosh. And it just so occurred to me that we should mention our wonderful beer sponsors. Yes. We talk about safe riding. And there's and no so safer place to ride to <laughs> it, and then drink some alcohol. It's a pretty easy ride to. It's maybe not at 
division's a little sketchy sometimes. But anyways, <clears throat> an easy ride, regardless. <laughs> Down. Uh, this is the worst. <laughs> this is the worst shilling I've done for. for no, you're doing great. Keep going. Years. I'm so sorry. Wait, did, you want, did you want me to jump in and say something? <laughs> Go beer mongers. Save me. <laughs> the beer mongers at Southeast 12th and Division generously provided our drinks for tonight. Thank you to the Thank beer mongers. So Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, beer mongers. Um, and that leads us to, well, you know, I don't have a really catchy way of introducing the beer mongers into our segment here, but you know what I do have? What do we have? We got mail. Hey, we got mail. (laughs) So this mail from Eric White's on the stock, uh, Sprocket Strava Club. Yes, that's right. We have an official Strava Club. Not created by us, but generously curated in our favor. But we don't mind them using the name. Yes, please. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I, I, you should be proud because like, I'm not a, like, I, I don't have anything against Strava, um, but I try to like limit the like types of social accounts that I sign up for. Sure. And I, I, Strava is what, um, I, did this break you? It, it did, didn't. Did you? No, no, it didn't oh. break me. I was just like, I, I'm so appreciative of this that you, I created an account on Strava oh, yeah. just, just to become <laughs> just a part so of the be a part, part of, of the club. Dang. I skipped, I skipped Facebook, hit the, hit the stone on Strava. So <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, and now I feel like I gotta, I gotta get me an account. Oh, you don't have an account? No, on Strava the, crashed on the official my... Sprocket podcast, <laughs> Strava Club team. Strava crashed my old phone, and so I, I never bothered. To put it on the new phone. Ah, well, maybe now's the time. I suppose, yeah. From Mac Nurse David. Oh, oh before. Oh, no, I was gonna say, make sure you um, don't have any, you know, power saving uh, options on your cell phone because Strava won't work. Oh, it and, cuts the GPS. Yeah, because it'll cut the GPS in half. Um, it'll give you a point and a point in a straight line between two mm. so i ended up losing half of the rides that Is, especially the one from Savi's island or to Savi's island i was like i did not go forty eight thousand miles an hour mm. i probably went like 11 really miles an hour. Could, could that be yeah a clever way to game your enemies be like, oh hey by the way just dropped this route the other day maybe you should catch up <laughs> It's like going Falsified. over the, the rivers. Yeah, just just make sure to ride line. somewhere between St. <laughs> yeah. John's and uh, the Dalles. You know? We basically have like the, the crow's eye view on um, there you go. Strava. Go! <laughs> I love that this has become a thing for the night. By the way. From Mac Nurse David. Before that. Oh, yes. Um, this came to us from Glenn Kubish uh, over there in Edmonton, Canada. He posted... And I'm going to try attempt to play it here. He posted a video straight to us. He says, hey, Sprocket Podcast, check out the bike parade in the Moscow that's not in Idaho. Mm. Which it took me a minute to Moscow, realize that there is Canada a Moscow. Canada or Moscow, Russia? <laughs> Moscow, Russia. Okay. I didn't realize there was a Moscow, Idaho. Oh, yeah. 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 I found Home. that out when my identity theft victim got or um, abuser got... Uh, arrested and sent to moscow county jail oh my gosh yeah when i was 19 i had identity theft good grief oh my gosh (laughs) so here is i'm gonna try to play it we can all like crowd around the tiny phone here if it will let me it won't let me open in 
There we go. Oh my gosh. Video contains content from SME. I don't know what that means. It is restricted from playback on certain sites or applications. I played this just today. I don't know. But I got, I got it's this It's a beautiful warning. video. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we'll post we'll post a link to it on our website. Um but it's a it's a really cool uh, bike parade over yeah. in Moscow, Russia. Um and Glenn Kubish happened to film it. What really struck me was the different kinds of bikes that they're riding. Um I saw like two or three different kinds of folding bikes. There's somebody who has like kind of a penny farthing except instead of one small wheel in the back it's two. Mm. Really? Yeah. I've seen those. I've never yeah. seen anything like that. On Mackinac Island there's a bunch of little penny far- farthing yes. bikes. Yes. And they have a whole uh race with all penny farthing Just- bikes. Just really? penny farthings, yep. And they ride around this little eight mile around island. It's adorable. Hmm. See how much. So I might end up cutting this off here because I realize <laughs> we're only like a quarter of the way in. But anyways, we'll link to it on our website. What I really liked about it was just yeah, there's so many different kinds of bikes, um, and you see that quite a lot in a lot of like. Um, bike festivals here mm-hmm. um but i think normally you just see a lot of road bikes or or um uh what am i trying to say hybrid bikes i don't see a whole lot of like different kinds of bikes unless it's a like ride per se hmm. anyway it was really cool to watch <laughs> from mac nurse david this is about the worst day of the year ride and bike camping in stupid cold weather Ooh, we're back on the stupid cold weather Yes. Um, the good in video lead-in from Russia. <laughs> yeah. In other words. Guthrie isn't crazy to go camping in this weather. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's pretty long. We'll try to condense as we go. Uh, essentially, he recently just bought a new Surly disc trucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, he uh, sent us pictures of that earlier. Um, go ahead. Oh, you're good. Now we're both being too polite here. Um, I can outplay you, Aaron. It says, for a long time, he's been yearning to do a, do a tour, either motorcycle, bike, hike, whatever, but has been so focused on gear and time and this and that that he hasn't actually tried to make adventures happen. And so one day he just decided to go on the worst day of the year ride, loaded up 120 pounds of kids on the back of his long tail, and rode seven miles in 30 degrees at 8.45 in the morning. Uh, so it was, quite frankly, exactly the cure for what ailed me and pretty much the perfect Sunday to boot. Reaffirmed my belief that I needed to make small adventures happen more frequently to mm-hmm. maintain my sanity. And then he goes on to talk about how he went bike camping just recently in a cabin where the heat went out. <laughs> but yes. for, fortunately brought a, a good sleeping bag. I think the flask of whiskey might have been the, the tipping over the edge into comfortability. Right. I'm guessing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's, I, I think that's so true. Like you don't have to plan you too much. Uh, like if you're feeling that itch, scratch it, get out and do a trip, even if it's just for a day or two. Yeah. But he mentions you're not crazy for going out in the cold weather. I love cold weather. I might disagree on principle, <laughs> but 
At least one person is on your side, Guthrie. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Mac Nurse David. We'll 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 go out and make a, a freezing night of it out in a uh whiskey filled cabin sometime. Yes. <laughs> Uh, this last piece came to us from Joyce W. She says, looking forward to never hearing the phrase Whole30 again. What? Whole30? Whole30? <laughs> right. Yes. I'm sure everyone's tired of hearing how I was on Whole30 for a while. Are you guys familiar with what this is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> Chris, Chris is like shaking his head. <laughs> so it's... Uh, it's just not a diet so much as like a. It's a way know. of life. It's a right. It's a lifestyle yeah. change. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I know a cult like that. Right, <laughs> right. Well, this is um, a bit interesting because this article goes into talk about. Um, I guess I would say the. Did others... you happen to read this? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, this is a uh, talking about the other side of the coin. So if you've only heard about the whole thirty through the Sprocket podcast through my propaganda machine, <laughs> exactly. Um, don't don't trust our word. Uh, don't take our word for it. Uh, I I don't know where <laughs> that was my stumbling block for the evening. Do your um, research, everybody. Yes, do your research. This article, um, think or sent to us by Joyce, uh, who who sort of has an alternative perspective to offer on Whole Thirty, and then sort of uh, what I really enjoyed about it is a history of um diets and more specifically the concept of or 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 getting away from fad diets over time. Yes, the word. Sh- the is used in the article is orthorexia, mm-hmm. um, which I had to look up, and apparently is just kind of an obsession over what you eat and like over at the over mm-hmm. analysis of that and being obsessed of like oh I got to take in x amount of this and x amount of this and x amount of that, and uh, the article kind of pointing out that this sort of adds into that obsession that mm-hmm. we all have as Americans of like what are we bringing in and yeah yeah but yeah. anyway. Uh, it also called out Whole30 as elitist, which I can't say I disagree. As yeah. somebody who went through it, mm-hmm. um, there's there's just this notion of like eating healthy also like often entails a little higher cost, which mm-hmm. yeah, essentially becomes elitist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It was. Uh, I think the line in the article was. Um, Something along the lines of, I noticed my grocery bill going up quite substantially. <laughs> yes. Uh, which, yeah, would preclude many people from being able to participate in anything that would incur that cost, realistically. Um, yeah, very interesting article, very long article. But if you've been following the Whole30 debate, uh, it's totally worth a read. It's really well oh, done. Oh, definitely. So. And, you know, I I hope I haven't, like, only presented one point of view so much as, like, this is what I was on. This is how I experienced it. These are the things that I'm taking away from it. These are the things I like about it. But I'm can't say I drank the Kool Aid per se. You sipped, anyway. sipped and savored, <laughs> sipped at it, and I was like, ah, this is all right. Kool-Aid. Are, are you? You're you're like fully cool. Like you're cool now. You're, you're all good. <laughs> right. you've, you've seen the moon and come back. Sure. Yes. So like, you look like you might have some thoughts on it. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> I, no, I think it's just in for a uh, more like society is made. Um, healthy food expensive mm. which mm-hmm. is not fair um, no it's not fair at all i shouldn't mm-hmm. have to pay more money to have a banana than a p- bag of potato chips yeah indeed and on that note and on that note i suppose we've reached the end thank you all for joining thank us. you so much for coming yeah. in thanks, thanks for, for having, having us, us.
Getting better and better. <laughs> call ca- call to action. Sound clip incoming. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at Stream PDX Community Audio Studio. Thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and Instagram at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Herbert for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to sustaining donors Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katrina Melamgard, Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson, Ethan Georgie, Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Bozinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Wise, thanks for the mail, Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's, who's a, a time, time traveler. traveler, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Christy Kaster, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Cooley, Peanut Jutter, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, I'll be home soon, John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, King of Division. Josh Zissin, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, who is sitting next to me. Good day. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regrainery. Campsite, Mac Nurse David, thanks for the mail. Nathan Poulton. Chris Rossin, Rory in Michigan, Michael Florney. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman. Mr. T, Harry Hugel, EJ Finneran. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skado, Keith Hutchinson. Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan thanks for the Tam. Mail. Derek Wagner, Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing. David Moore, Todd Grosbeck. Chris Barron, Chris Barron. Chris, Chris Barron. Sean Baird, Simon Gregory Braithwaite. Brian Murrow, Jimmy Diesel. Dude Luna. Matthew Rooks. And to all of our former donors who've helped us get this far. Now, brush your teeth and go to bed. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Thanks for having us again. How long have you guys been doing this? Uh, well, you <coughs> said this is... episode was three ninety nine. Yeah. Is that weekly? Yep. Three ninety nine B. So it's been a while. And, yeah. Yeah. We've we've done this a few times. Every time we hit like a century mark, uh, rolling up to it, we'll like kind of go like you know three ninety nine A three ninety nine. Or 299A, 299B, and like we try to like we've been planning a 400 event in this particular case. So when episode 400 rolls around, it's actually probably like episode 403. Yeah, uh, okay. We'll, we'll get out to be a year after. Well, there. and then again, like it's probably even more than that because we did the same thing with <laughs> the same thing with 200. So yeah. <laughs>